Back in action on Locked On Syracuse yesterday, the Klein man and I played a little game of what's more likely in the realm of Syracuse basketball. Today, we play the same game, Brad, in the realm of Syracuse football. Are you excited? Are you perplexed? Are you shook? I'm, I'm rattled. I just needed another adjective, I guess. But hey, Syracuse football deserves some love, just like Syracuse basketball, so let's get it going. All right, it's on Locked On Syracuse, and it starts right now. Are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. It's Matt Bonaparte, myself, and Brad Klein himself on the podcast with you today like every other day. And we're so delighted to be with you. We play a little game of what's more likely today. If you weren't here for yesterday's pod or you just don't know what we're talking about, Brad and I read uh, statements, the kind of questions, kind of not. Um, actually, I guess it is a question in, in the frame of what's more likely. Will what's more likely will a happen or will b happen? And then we let you know what we think. We disagreed a lot yesterday, Brad, which is uh fantastic. It just lets me dunk on you time after time. Um, and hopefully we disagree more today, but uh, we'll find out. I will read the first one here. Let's do it. Uh, will Garrett Schrader lead the team in rushing touchdowns? Or will Sean Tucker lead the team in rushing touchdowns? Last year, Schrader led this category. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. I think a lot of people might be surprised about. Uh, not that it really matters, but you look at the stats after the year and you just remember how good Tucker was and how unstoppable he was. But when you got in the red zone, more specifically in the five-yard line, the box was so heavily focused on Sean Tucker and that option, Garrett Schrader just had so many holes to – take it himself and we all know that he's a very capable runner i'm gonna say sean tucker though i do think that Schrader. first of all you have to take into account the slight possibility that he's not your starter all the way through tucker is the common denominator of this offense plus i do think it was a bit of an anomaly it was really close last year 14 to 12 so i'll take tucker uh i take tucker here as well so we start the day with some agreements um yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things here. One, you got to think about whether or not Schrader's going to start every single game. He didn't start every single game last year, um, so it's kind of a similar situation because he still ended up coming out with 14 rushing touchdowns yep. over Tucker's 12. Um, but it's not going to help him if he doesn't start every game, of course. So I think you definitely have to take that into consideration. The other thing is that it's Tucker's uh, another season, his third season with yes. Syracuse. Or, yeah, his third season with Syracuse. I almost lost my mind there. Um, he's going to be, get better. I mean, it's kind of hard to think he's going to get better because he's already so good. Uh, but you got to imagine that he's going to go out there and go for like at least 15. So um, I think Schrader can replicate what he did last year on the ground. I think he's a great runner, and that's a huge aspect of his game uh, and one that helps Syracuse tremendously. But I think Tucker's just going to go out there and be a man on a mission uh, and, and rack up touchdown after touchdown. Yeah, I agree. Let's move on to the next one here. The question is, what's more likely, 
one linebacker, probably either Thompson, Wax, or Jones, will outsack the entire defensive line combined, or one linebacker will out-tackle the entire secondary combined? This is a good one, and it's a tough one. Because, um, I mean, you've got a guy like Michael Jones in that linebacking core who's going to tackle over 100 ball carriers this season. Yeah. Uh, but the secondary gets gets their fair share of tackles. Williams and Chestnut combined for nearly 100 last year, and then Jason Simmons had 38. Jihad Carter had 35. It would be hugely impressive if somebody did that. While for the for the defensive line, they might not be what they were last year, which was a sack machine with Cody Roscoe uh, and McKinley Williams, but I don't think they're going to be terrible, but I'm still going to say that one linebacker completely outsacks the entire defensive line combined rather than out tackles the secondary. Yeah, I'm going to go there too. The biggest problem I have with uh with taking the secondary option here is that outside of Garrett Williams and Deuce Chestnut, not that you need another lockdown defensive back or anything like that, but I do think that there will be there will be more of a demand for the secondary to finish plays and make tackles. And I just think that that, that is a, a higher obstacle than the sacks. And, and, I, and you think that the defensive line is not going to be that bad? I do. I think it's going to be bad. So it shouldn't be actually that even that impressive or that surprising. I don't think it's that, say, Stephon Thompson's going to have 10 sacks. I think he's going to have six or maybe seven and the defensive line will just be absent. I don't know, man. I don't I think that I don't think they're going to be that bad. I don't think there's going to be like like do you think the leader is going to be like four? No. No, I think it'll be six or seven and I mean think about it. I mean right? leader on the defensive line. Oh. Um yeah, I that sounds about right. I mean you've got Linton, Lockett and Okachuku and I think I think Lockett has the best chance of actually leading the team in sacks the way he played last year. I, I like think Lockett. He, but I, like I love Lockett. Too. And he had a couple of tackles for loss, and they were both sacks. Uh, two sacks as a true freshman. That is nothing to scoff at. But if anyone's going to command a double team on the defensive line, who's it going to be? It's probably Terry Lockett. And, and if that's the case, then my ringer on the defensive line is more or less neutralized. And I've lost faith in the D line to pick up sacks. Yeah, I just I guess when you're combining it, it gets a little dicey. I, I still do pick the defensive line, uh, but I, I could see their combined total being around 10. And I don't know if a linebacker gets up to that number, so it'll be close. Um, all right. On to our third one. Does Deuce Chestnut cover the wide receiver one against Clemson, which is Joseph Ngata, or does Garrett Williams cover the wide receiver one against Clemson? All right, so I like this question. We've talked a little bit about both of these guys and who we think the top corner on the team is. We're both Team Williams right here, but I think it's one of those situations, and we often talk about this in the context of quarterbacks. Well, you know, he's going to start the year, but will he finish the year? That's a question that's been asked about Garrett Trader. I think it's fair to ask that question about Garrett Williams because, look, we both agree that Williams wasn't 100% and it's indisputable that last year was not his best season, he's going to have the top cornerback spot to start because of seniority. That's not going to be enough to hold on to it. So the question really is, who's going to play better 
in the first half of the year because Clemson is right in the middle of the schedule. I'm going to say that this one's going to Garrett Williams because it's going to be really hard for Dino to flip ahead of the Clemson game or even in tune with the Clemson game. You think about Garrett Williams is basically his top moment as a Syracuse corner was against Clemson two years ago. So, and it was on the road too. I think that it's going to be Garrett Williams because these are the moments that he's built for. I think it's Williams too. Um, Also because I think Dino, yes, will it be who is playing better at the time for sure. Um, But if they're playing kind of neck and neck football, I think it'll just go to Garrett because Dino just has more faith in him. He's been on the team longer. Uh, He's shown himself to be that guy for a long time. Now he's seen number one action like he did last year a ton. Um, I think it's going to be Garrett Williams. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we've got one more before we have to take a timeout here. So we talked about the corners. Now let's go back to the linebackers and bring the corners in. Linebackers combined for 20 sacks or the secondary combines for 10 interceptions. I think this is going to go to the linebackers. Um, while I think it could be the the corners, it would be tough. I mean, you'd have to – I mean, it didn't help last year. I mean, last year's numbers aren't really indicative of what's going to happen this season um, because, I mean, last year Garrett Williams didn't have a single interception. Yeah. Uh, Deuce had three. Jason Simmons had one. Uh, and then you didn't have one anywhere else. So you get four picks last year. If Garrett Williams kind of shows up – gets a few himself, then it's a different ball game. Um, but 10's a lot. So yeah. I'm going to ha- – and 20 sacks is a lot too. They had like, what, 14 and a half combined last year. So I'm going to go linebackers here because I think those are three linebackers who are always headhunting the quarterback and are always in the backfield. Uh, so I'm going to go with the linebackers. But it could be, it could be the corners. Yeah, I'm going to take the corners here. I think that we're going to see the old version of Garrett Williams. The new one is uh, or really the expired one from last year. I don't think we're going to see that again. And Deuce is going to take a step up. So Garrett Williams in 2020 was just that guy where you just couldn't throw in his direction. And Deuce Chestnut is going to be that guy this year. He's going to take that step up. So now you've got two essentially lockdown corners on either sideline. And that's scary. So two years ago, Garrett Williams only had two interceptions. And I know what you're thinking, like two's not that many, but he just didn't get thrown to at all because he was the the dude in the secondary. So you're, you're a quarterback, you drop back, and you're going to have a lot of time to think about it because the defensive line's not going to be that good. But you're going to choose between Deuce Chestnut and Garrett Williams, and neither option is very good. So I think they're both going to eat. And I think they both have a chance to combine for like, six or seven, and then you're looking at the rest of the guys to pick up the crumbs, I like it. Totally. Um, If you want to place a bet on that, maybe you could at betonline.net. It's your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all of the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. 
And we have an important favor to ask you. We put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcasts even better. This is your chance to tell us what you like and what you don't about Locked On. So go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, we promise. And everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards to take our audience survey. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Again, that's LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. And we appreciate your help. All right, Bones, All right, so we Brad. continue here oh, okay. with what <laughs> like. Hey, hey, my show, my show, my my Go time. Ahead. Okay, what's more likely, Bones cuts me off or Brad continues? Brad continues. Okay, so we talk a little bit about the linebackers and corners just a moment ago. I want to focus on the offense here because, honestly, that's going to be the bread and butter of this team, and specifically, it's the running game. And Sean Tucker, but I don't even want to focus on the running game for a second because, indisputably, he's going to be good. The question is, how good will he be as a receiver? Sean Tucker to have 25 or more receptions or Anthony Queeley to have 25 or more receptions? That's a high number for both. Yeah, and I think this is a good one because Queeley's going to get better. He had only 15 receptions last year, and I think that he's a guy that was talked about a lot, especially when Taj left the team midseason as a potential guy who's going to have to step up like the rest of them would because Courtney Jackson was kind of the clear number two. He led the team in receptions at the end of the day, but he's going to have a bigger role this season, Quilly. Uh, And I think he totally could get to that number, but at the end of the day, what is this offense? It's Sean Tucker. Sean Tucker. Um, And they're going to get him the ball any way they can, and that's what we saw so many times last year. I think Sean Tucker is going to shatter 25. I, I, I kind of expect him to be a focal point of this offense on a level we've never really seen before, uh, just because we know that that's what works. Sterling Gilbert is out the door. A new offensive coordinator is in, and they're trying to do whatever they can to craft plays to get Tucker the ball. So expect him to have the ball even more than he did last year, which kind of seems incomprehensible, but it's going to happen. Yeah, I understand that. But on the other hand, and, and God forbid Tucker gets hurt, if that happens, the season's over. So you'd think that, in a way, they want to maximize his production while uh, minimalizing his carries, if that makes any sense, So, I, and touches, I should say. So I don't know if they're going to be amped to get him the football. Anytime he's catching the I ball... I think they're going to be amped to get him the football. What do you mean? No, more, more specifically as a receiver. Anytime he's catching the ball, I think it's going to be as, as a last resort, pocket collapsing, what's happening here. And I think you... And that never happens said, in Syracuse. I, I know, but you're the one who <laughs> says that the offensive line is better than people think it is. It so. is, but uh, with a guy like Garrett Schrader scrambling all the time, that option's always going to be Tucker. Here's the logic. I'm going to take Queeley here. Okay, Queeley is a big receiver. He's your red zone guy. He's your red zone target. So if Syracuse gets in the red zone, I'm expecting him to get targets. And at his stage, I'm expecting those targets to be catches. And the logic is that Sean Tucker is going to be better. He's going to be better between the 20s. And the Orange will have the ball in the red zone more often than they did last year. I just don't like... Okay, but that doesn't mean he's going to get less touches on through the air. I just think that the offensive line, you're saying it's going to step up. I think Matthew Bergeron's going to have a good year. I, and that I'm not saying the pocket's it's not going to collapse as much like, as it is. It's not going to be the Cowboys. 
Going Anthony Quilly here. There's nothing you could do to change my mind either. All right, Brad. I, <laughs> I think the court of public opinion thinks I'm right on that one too. So, um, all right. What's more likely here, Brad, that Syracuse goes above 500 in conference play or above 500 in non-conference play? Uh, honestly, I'll give you just 500 in conference play. Okay. I don't have to go above. Hmm. That's a good question. So actually right, they so... do have to go above. Never mind. Because they play Wagner and UConn. <laughs> they do have to go. Back. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. So they, okay. So the question is above 500 in ACC play or above 500 in non conference play. So you've got UConn and Wagner as two automatic wins. And you would think that those wins should allow non conference to take the cake here. I'm going to go with the ACC schedule, though, because the non-conference is actually pretty difficult outside of Wagner and outside of UConn, and you have Purdue there and Notre Dame, and those are losses. And so I'm expecting them to be 500, I guess, but the question is, will they be above 500? And the answer is no. I 100% agree. Um they're going to beat Wagner. They're going to beat UConn. Those teams combined for one win last season. Uh, but the Boilermakers were really good in the Big Ten last year, and I don't see them beating Notre Dame. So they'll go 2-2 two and two in non-conference play in all likelihood. And the conference play is going to be interesting. Um, I don't know who – if you look at the schedule, I don't know what upsets are going to pick out if you're a real Homer Syracuse fan. Um, but I think I just have to say – I have to go with the conference slate because you know what? it's way more likely. Can I change my mind? Sure. Yeah, I changed my mind. You can and, choose and to be wrong. Here's why. Here's why. Here's why is because we both agree that basically on either side, Syracuse needs to pick up an upset, right? So I think it's more likely, even though Purdue's the far superior team and Notre Dame, forget about it. I think it's more likely that Syracuse upsets Purdue or Notre Dame than Syracuse upsetting a couple of ACC teams throughout the year to get to an above 500 in ACC mark. What? Say that again? Syracuse is more likely to upset either Purdue or Notre Dame once than they are to piece together okay, then pull a couple other of upsets in the ACC. Um, I'm going to stick with my answer just because I don't see a world in which they win either of those games, Purdue or Notre Dame. Um, and I could see a world where they win a decent amount of the ACC games, even if it's widely unlikely. Uh, but I'm still going to go ACC here. No, yeah, I agree to disagree, but you're wrong and I'm right. That's okay. Uh, you're Team Bergeron. I'm also Team Bergeron, but you're the captain of that Team Bergeron. Matthew Bergeron makes an all-ACC team, or Sean Tucker is the ACC Offensive Player of the Year. What's more likely? Um... If you're going to be a running back that wins ACC Offensive Player of the Year, you kind of have to be out of this world, which Sean Tucker is. Um, But, I mean, the last guy to do it was ETN, back-to-back years, 18-19. He was a dog in that time. Um, I don't know if Sean Tucker can pull. I also think it helped that Clemson was really good, and they went undefeated one of those seasons. Uh, And Syracuse ain't going undefeated this year. So I'm going to say Bergeron making an all-ACC team. Yeah, he's likely because I also think that's just going to happen. While I don't know if Sean Tucker is going to do that, he's a preseason All ACC selection. So basically, the the thought is 
Sean Tucker is almost a lock for ACC first team. That's that's the thought process, I think, for both of us. The question is, is he ACC Offensive Player of the Year? It's a big ask for a team who's just not all that good. So I'm going to go with Bergeron. I think he needs to be an all-ACC tackle, and I think he will be. I ask you this one, all right, as a as an extra uh, what's more likely, because I was thinking about Dino Babers here. What's more likely? Dino Babers is fired mid-season, or Dino Babers is the ACC Coach of the Year? What? That's the question. <laughs> uh, I mean, he have it has to be that he's fired mid-season. Okay, the, but but I thought you were going to say he's brought back next year, which would have been a good one. Fine, we could do that. I think. Okay, I, there's I no think, world in which he's well, ACC Coach of the Year. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. If Syracuse. Syracuse is not supposed to be all that good. And a lot of these services, like if you saw online, Ken Palm is anti-Syracuse. And that's actually unless they like go unless they romp their schedule, Brad, he is not winning ACC coach of the year. Well, I think the standard might be a little bit lower. If they make a bowl game, then they have a chance. And it also matters about what everyone else does. Like, first of all, there's a Clemson fatigue with Dabo Sweeney. And I don't know how many. I still think there's nine other guys ahead of him. Like <laughs> there might be, there might be, but you have to think about expectation. So this team is Dave not supposed Clawson to be wins good it. at all. Okay, that's fine. Like no shot. So what's Born more likely then? Dino to be fired mid-season or Dino to come back after this year? Uh, Dino to come back after this year. Okay, I think I, they, I agree. First of all, that. I think there's no world in which they fire a midseason. They just wouldn't do that. Well, They're shooting that's themselves. Of, in that's the kind foot. of the root in the first one: a ACC coach of the year or firing a midseason. Well, that's just two things that are never going to happen. All right. Well, what's more likely? And then that's the question. Well, one. Okay. Well, if you wanted me to answer both of those, uh, the first one, which is fired midseason or coach of the year, is fired midseason. Second one, fired midseason or brought back next year, brought back next year. <laughs> All right, well, hold on. Let's take a time out here and talk a little bit about Built Bar because Built Bar's unbelievable, the chewy, chocolatey brownie. It's just changing my diet. It's changing my lifestyle. I have these Built Bars after a workout. I have them before I go to bed as a little sweet treat before my REM cycle. And all of the Built Bars are made with collagen protein. Your body just absorbs them quicker. The best part is that they're covered in 100% real chocolate. The caramel brownie bars are available at Built.com right now. you got to act fast because they are a fan favorite. And when I say fan favorite, I mean my favorite. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Again, it's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, Brad, our final what's more likely of today's podcast. Back to the schedule one last time. Does Syracuse go above 500 at home or above 500 on the road? What's more likely? Okay. I'll, I'll so, lay out the, the home games versus the road games for the audience ahead. while you think. Road games are as follows. UConn, Clemson, Pittsburgh, Wake Forest, Boston College. Home games... Louisville, Purdue, Virginia, Wagner, NC State, Notre Dame, Florida State. Mr. Klein, what say you? The funny thing is I only see one definite win on both the home and the road schedule. That's <laughs> UConn and Wagner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so they've... <laughs> 
They they lost to Louisville thirty nothing two years ago, and they lost miserably last year. That's a loss at home to start three. the year. What's that? Forty one three. That's what it was last <laughs> year. At least they scored points. I guess that's the uh, the logic. I'm gonna go with the home schedule just because they're home. I, I guess right. JMA Wireless Dome Field Advantage. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. Neither was gonna. It happen. helps mightily that UConn's on the road. I I guess or the road's case. But I mean, if they weren't on the road, the one win on either side. I only see yeah. the one win on either side. You know, Cherokee. They're going to have more than two wins, I think. But I don't. I don't kind know where to. it's going to come from. You know? do I. I yeah. Like I think they could beat Florida State um, if they play well. Virginia is much better than they are. NC State was really close two years ago, but it's a different team. Like I don't know. I don't know what NC State's offensive line is going to be like without Icky. So maybe that matters. So I guess I, I'm going to go home almost by default. Yeah, I go home here too, just because Dome is home here. Um, JMA Wireless and, Dome, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't want you to forget and that. If Babers can do anything, like in the past, it's been win at home. So I'm going to go with that, not necessarily saying they're going to be great at home, but if they're going to do one of these two things, go 500 on the road or at now, home, it's going to be at home. I will say one more thing about this, and you know that this is the mountain I'm going to die on, is that Dino needs go. to win in November. And he just yeah. hasn't. 5-15 and 15 in, in November since he took over the program in 2016. Three of the four games in November are on the road. So, go Tough home. For him. Um, all right. Well, that does it for Locked On Syracuse today. Thanks for making us your first listen. Now make your second listen to Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. Rafael Barlow. Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Lee Thulin give fans an in-depth look into the biggest prospects, the latest player rankings, and, of course, big boards. Follow Lockdown NBA Big Board every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Brad Klein and myself will be back with you tomorrow. See you then.